Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Proverbs chapter 26. Now, the last couple of Wednesday nights, we've been teaching on receiving from God, but we've been looking at things that hinder. Everybody say hinder. I'll show you some things tonight that'll you'll see how the plan of God should be working in your life. But I'll tell you, God wants you blessed. And, you know, I think many times about, you know, myself, my own life, my wife and I, my child, our ministry, that which we do. But I'm telling you, it's not so much who we are and what we do. It's what he has done for us. Uh, the price that was paid for you to be blessed was enormous. It's beyond our, our, our uh, minds to comprehend. I mean, that which Jesus performed through redemption, I'm telling you, I mean, we can study it through the Word of God, get revelation, I mean, you know, and, and have an understanding of it. But I'm telling you, God paid an awesome price for you to be saved. An awesome price for you to be born again. An awesome price for you to be blessed financially. And He, listen, and He loves to bless His children, but He wants us responding to that which He's done through His Word in Christ. Amen? Now, did you find Proverbs 26? Look there in verse 2. It says, as, by the, as the bird by wandering and the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Now, do you see that in your Bibles? Let me read that last part again. This is important to see. The cursed causeless shall not come. Now, let me just paint the picture real quick, and it's, uh, uh, you know, I hesitate to do it because I, 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 you know, I love to teach on these things, but I'm going to paint it real quick. Uh, this is what your life should look like. You should live for the Lord with all that you are, with all that you have, with all that you'll ever be. You should put away all, anything that has to do with sin and unrighteousness. You live within the confines of the covenant, the new covenant that we have in Christ that was purchased and established with the wonderful price of His blood, which is upon the mercy seat. Shouldn't have any part of the world, flesh of the devil. And then when the adversary comes in and tries to attack your life because he is a criminal spirit, you rise up in faith and use the authority that has been given you in Christ and you run the devil off. Whether it be financially, whether it be sickness or disease, whether it be an attack upon your mind, no matter what it may be, you should be able to rise up in faith with the Word of God because your life is right, you're living right, you're doing right, you know all you do, you're doing all you know to live right and do right. You should be able just to run the devil off. And I'll tell you, one, a fight may last an hour, a week, a day, a month, or a year, but you should be victorious in it. But now that's not what we're talking about tonight. That just kind of paints the picture of how we should be. But now notice this. It says, for the curse causeless shall not come. Now, I'm speaking to you tonight about things you're trying to get God's provision to manifest in your life over that you've dealt with over and over, a financial problem, a physical problem, a mental problem. If you're dealing with it over and over and over and you seem like you've not been able to obtain the victory that's already supplied for you in Christ, there's a reason. If you think, you said, Pastor, I'm telling you, it seems like there's a curse on my life. Well, it can't come without a cause. I said it can't come without a cause. 
If there is a curse that seems, uh, and I've seen Christians, it just seems like, you know, a, a, a curse of poverty again. And they'll tithe, and they'll offer, and they'll give. And it'll just seem like they can't pay their bill. They never have breakthroughs financially. Well, there's a reason for that. I've seen people physically. Listen, I know, I know people that, 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 that fought uh, diseases for years. How, how many years was it Mike fought, fought with that? 20-something years. Or, or he sings on the praise team, plays the bass on the praise. Now, can you imagine uh, being sick with a disease that will eventually kill you for 20-something years? He was. And then got the worst you, report you could get. Well, that woke him up. Buddy, he came in and he got serious with God. He came sat under the teaching of the Word. About six weeks, I think, as his testimony says. And then we laid hands and prayed for him. Went back to the doctor. And I'll never forget when he gave the testimony here at the church. He said, not only do you not have this disease anymore, but the effect that it inflicted on your body, we can't find any effect of it. Well, that curse was broken. Some of you may have curses that are in your life because they're in your family. Now, I know we can trace that all the way back to Adam, but I'm telling you there are things that get into people's families. Alcoholism gets into people's families. Divorce gets into people's families. Depression gets into people's families. All kinds of junk gets into people's families. And I guarantee you, you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to live under the curse that was on my mom or dad or my grandfather or grandparents. I'm not living under that curse in the name of Jesus. But now notice it says the curse causes. Now, this is talking about... When it talks about the curse here, it's actually referring to Deuteronomy chapter 28. What we call the blessings of Abraham and the curse of the law. Now, with that in mind, I don't want to go there. Well, let's go there for just a moment. How's my time? I'm doing all right. I've got about 25 minutes. Go to, go to, go to Deuteronomy 28 real quick, and then we'll go, to, we'll go to Galatians. Go to some shouting ground. Amen. Now, look at Deuteronomy 28. Go there to... Go there to uh, verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28. Now, this, this is what we're talking about, the curse of the law. It says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, thy flocks and thy sheep. Cursed shall be thou when thou comest in. Cursed shall be thou when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing and vexation and rebuke in all that thou settest thy hand to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doing whereby thou, shalt, thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make pestilence to cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with consumption. That's, that's like tuberculosis. Uh, with a fever and inflammation, with extreme burning, with the sword, that's violence, with blasting, with mildew, uh, and they shall pursue thee until they perish. The heaven that is over thy head shall be brass. The earth that is under thy feet shall be iron. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven it shall come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way before them. Thou shalt flee seven ways before them. And thou shalt be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the earth. And no man shall fray them away. 
the Lord shall smite thee with the botch of Egypt, with emeralds, with the, with the scab. <laughs> Those are terrible. I don't want none of that. With the itch. Amen. You ever heard of the seven-year itch? How'd you like to get the seven-year itch? Man, I don't want none of this stuff. Amen. <laughs> with a scab. I don't want no scabs either. Those, you know, I mean, those are horrible. Uh, with a scab. Uh, with the itch. Wherefore, thou canst not be healed. I mean, you got it all the time. He shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Those are all mental diseases. Thou shalt grope at noonday as a blind gropeth in the darkness. Thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. Thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. No man shall save thee. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and thou shalt not gather the grapes there. I think you're getting the picture. Then it goes down and it talks about all the diseases named in the book and then any disease they hadn't named. Well, I think I'd serve God. I said, I think I'd serve. You say, well, I know some people, they're out there drinking beer and smoking dope and having the best time in the world. None of this comes up on them. That's because of the mercy and grace of God. But I guarantee you they continue in that lifestyle, especially if the gospel is coming to their life, especially if they one time serve God. And the day will come where crisis will come upon them and overwhelm them. See, we don't like this kind of preaching. But I tell you, if you don't get it, then you're going to be hindered in all that which you're trying to receive from God. The curse causeless shall not come. Now, now go to, go to uh, Galatians real quick. Way back. Take a, take a big right. All the way to Galatians chapter, great redemptive scripture right here. Great redemptive scripture. This is, this is where you need to begin. If you feel like there's a curse in your life, a curse on your family, a curse on your business, if you've been itching a lot, <laughs> got a lot of scabs, amen. If you've got the botch, if you're, if you're going mad. <laughs> the mildew, amen. Any of that junk? Here's your answer. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Come on, church. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse, from the itch, from the botch, from the scab, from all that we just read about. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse. Mm-mm-mm. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings, oh, come on, church, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon who? Now, there might be a Jewish person in here tonight, but the rest of us are all Gentiles. And that the blessing of Abraham, the consummate Jew, the one that was the richest, the one that cut blood covenant with God, the one that walked with God and talked with God, that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. Woo, glory to God. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, big S, capital S, the Holy Spirit through faith. But now notice this again. Christ hath, that's past tense. That means he's already done it. Through his redemptive work, he has already redeemed us from the curse of the law. But church, you've got to make a decision to live on the blessing side. 
That means you've got to make a decision to obey God. You've got to make a decision to walk in his ways. You've got to live right. You can't walk around with the world in one hand and God in the other hand. Expect yourself to be blessed of God. Amen. And I know there's always somebody that you know that seems to be doing better that's not living right. Listen, you don't know what they're going through in their life. You don't know how they may be struggling. You don't know what, all you see is the, the surface. But underneath, I guarantee you, an individual without God is broken and fearful and lonely and knows deep on the inside that they're, they're missing something. You know you've got it. I said, you know you've got it. So Christ hath redeemed us from the curse, but the Bible says in, in, in Proverbs 26, the curse causeless shall not come. Amen. Now, Ali and I, we've dealt with things in our lives personally, in our married life together, in our ministry, that it looked like we had, there was a curse there, and we just started digging. You say, what do you mean digging? Finding out why. Why, why, why do we act like this? Why is there fear here? Why is there resistance here? Why, why do we seem to be so unwilling to obey God here? What is the deal? And we got to digging, and in many areas, I'll tell you, if you'll just, you just give a little effort to it, God will turn the light on it just like that. You'll know what to do. He'll give you a word out of the word. He'll anoint you by the Holy Ghost. You'll break that thing because it's already broken in Christ, and you'll walk free of it the rest of your life. You know, I, I, most of y'all know uh, 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 Brother Jesse Duplantis. I began to preach meetings with Brother Jesse way back in the 80s. Uh, several churches that we ministered in together. Uh, one particular church, he did a, a revival for him every year. I did, he did a revival in the fall. I did a revival in the spring. Now, Brother Jesse's family, he had a lot of uncles and, and brothers and, and cousins. And they all worked in the oil field out of Homa, Louisiana, South Louisiana. Most of his siblings, uh, his father included in this, his cousins, most of them died by the time they were 50. They're dead before they were 50. Leah, you've heard them tell this testimony before. And the reason they died was a cardiovascular disease, heart problems. You know, they, they, they eat that rich Cajun diet and, and, you know, carry a few hundred pounds more than they should. And, and next thing you know, they fall over dead of a, of a, of a heart attack. Well, Brother Jesse made a decision, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to die at age 50 because of this curse that's on my family. And brother, he got into the Word of God. He started watching his diet. He began to make confession. And you know, the enemy even attacked him and tried to mess with his heart. But he rose up in the Word of God, and God healed him. And now, what is he, 65? Six, I think he's 65 now. So he's 15 years past the curse in his family. And going strong. I said, and going strong. And I know other people that have broken the curse of poverty. They've broken the curse of divorce. They've broken the curse of diabetes and arthritis and allergies and all these kind of things that seem to be resident in people's families. But they've taken the, the, the knowledge of the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ and made application of it to their life and broken that curse. Now, with that in mind, real quick, go to Ephesians. I believe this will this, help you to understand what we need to do. Ephesians chapter 4. There's so much here, but I'm going to have to kind of cut it, cut it a little bit. But I think you'll get the, you'll get the point and it'll bless you. Notice verse 14. Now this is speaking of the fivefold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers that are given by God, by gifts of the Lord Jesus Christ, till we come into the unity of the faith, uh, full measure of the statue of Christ, be no more children. Verse 14, tossed to and fro 
carried about by every wind of doctrine, slight of men, cunning craftiness whereby in they lie in wait to deceive. You know, there's always people out there that, that know how to manipulate and come up with what they call some new doctrine that sweeps people, you know, the wind of it will just sweep people out of the move of God. I've seen it happen for years. Uh, listen, the Bible says there's no new thing under the sun. Now, there's greater depth of revelation in many subjects. But I'm telling you, the last two or three years, so one guy, he tried to replace faith with grace. You can't do that. Faith is not grace, and grace is not faith. It's two different, completely different things. But basically, his message was, now, now the grace message is the new faith message. You don't operate. Faith doesn't operate like grace does. Faith appropriates grace. Are you with me? But that doctrine just swept, I saw it sweep through churches. I saw it sweep through cities. I've had sat at, sat at tables with several pastors. It was just like, oh, man. You know, uh, one, one particular one, uh, there were a grace, quote, grace church kind of rose up in there. They call it Graceland, you know, like where Elvis used to live. And people run off to it because, hey, it doesn't matter. Drink a few Miller Lights, that's all right. We're under grace. Smoke a few Marlboros, that's cool. Smoke a little weed, man, it helps you relax. That's all right, you know. Watch a little porn, that's okay. You're under grace. It'll ruin your life. Amen. A few Miller Lights, and I don't, listen, I don't want to get into this. But I'm going to do it anyway. You don't know how many people have sat in Lee and I's pastoral office and the, and the excuse for the stupidity that they had committed was this. Only drank two beers. Only drank two beers. Yeah, two beers at five, two beers at six, two beers at seven, two beers at eight, two beers at nine, and then you did something really stupid about 10 o'clock. Come on, church. No, no. We need, to, we need to learn to line our lives up with the Word of God and live a sanctified life. Now notice, that we be henceforth no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every little wind of doctrine. 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 1980. Uh, uh, September 20th, the world's coming to an end. The rapture's going to take place. Slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait. There is spiritual deception out there, church. Not every person on TV is a good person. Not every person on the radio is a good person. Not every person that writes a book is a good person. Oh, I don't want to get into that, but it's true. But now notice this. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody wants to go up. Before we go up, we need to grow up. That we may grow up into all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Now listen to this. Which every joint supplies. We need each other just like our physical body needs all of the parts of the body. Say, so, you know, well, we figured out here at Island Church, most people don't need their little finger. So what we're going to do after church, we've got Doc over here. He knows a little bit about medicine. We've got Doc over here. He knows. A and so they're going to be back there removing little fingers. Now, if you go back there to have your little finger removed, you're, you're stupid. I know I get in trouble for saying that word, but it's true. You need your little finger. It's the only one that fits in your ear. 
Amen? We need each other. We each bring a supply. Now notice what it says. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every one of you has a measure of faith, a measure of grace, a measure of blessing that you need to be walking in because it helps us as a church to do what God's called us to do. I bring my measure as the pastor. Leah brings her measure as a pastor. Uh, uh, Roland brings his measure as praise and worship leader. Some of you bring uh, ushering measures. Other, you need to discover and walk in your measure because it's a blessing to you and the church. Make, let me read this again. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body. That's how churches grow. I said, that's how churches grow. I've seen churches blow up and explode because the pastor was so, you know, charismatic. And, and, and well, you know, y'all just didn't get that. Y'all got me. Amen. And I've seen churches grow, I mean, just explode because they had this program. But I'm telling you what causes churches to grow is every person finding their place, figuring out they have a measure necessary to the body of Christ, and it causing the body to become healthy because healthy sheep reproduce. It's that simple. It says, This I say and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. That's one thing I don't want to be, is alienated from the life of God. Through ignorance, they just don't know, that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard Him, and have been taught by him the truth that is in Jesus. Now here we go, verse 22. That ye that you put off. Now there's some things you're going to have to what? Put off. Did you know every morning it's an effort to get up and get dressed? And every night it's an effort to go home and undress. Come on, church. I mean, you, you got buttons and zippers and all kinds of stuff to buckle and tie. Hopefully. Amen. <laughs> I've always liked loafers. You know, I've got these shoes here that tie because I couldn't find any loafers that were the same color. You say, why do you like loafers? Because they're loafers. <laughs> you don't have to tie them, but you still have to put them on. I mean, if they'd make a shoe that you just had to hold out your foot and they come and jumped on your foot, I'd buy it. Amen. If they made a shirt that you just hung in your closet and you push a button and that thing just jumped on you and buttoned itself right up, I'd buy it. But there's an effort. So there are some things, now notice this, verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. That word conversation means lifestyle. Put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt. According to the deceitfulness, it's corrupt. But you're going to have to. You're going to have to. So, oh, Pastor, I tell you, I just can't help myself. Yes, you can. You have the greater one on the inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. You can rise up in faith, and no matter what kind of wretched habit, addiction, or lifestyle you used to be in, you can put it off. I said you could put it off. 
I mean, there's all kinds of stuff I don't do anymore. You say, why? I've put it off. I mean, we used to do crazy stuff. When I was a, when, 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 when I was a, just a surf bum here on the island, we, we used to, you know, I mean, if you just surf and don't work, you don't have money. Amen. So what we would do is we would go out in the yard and pull up grass and put it in a sack with a soup can and drive up to Houston. Now, if we did this to you, you're going to have to forgive me. Amen. We'd drive up to Houston with two or three of those sacks. And we'd tell people, hey, you want to buy some wheat? Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. Here's some right here. Can we look at it? No, we, we were in a hurry. There, there might be cops running. Well, just, well, they'd give us some money, and we'd just take off and run off. I don't do that no more. I said, I don't do that no more. <laughs> now, some of y'all, y'all looking at me like, hmm. I got an idea for Christmas now. Don't, don't you dare let me hear you doing that. I mean, I had, when I was, I worked in the cable TV industry, and, and, and I had more schemes and scams going on. Every two weeks, I'd get a paycheck for 860-something dollars, but I'd make $1,000 a week. Every, every deadbeat in Texas City, Lamarck, Hitchcock, Bio Vista, Santa Fe that wanted free movie channels had them. They knew who to call. They knew how much to pay or what to give me. Amen. And what was really neat about it is every quarter we hired an audit team that would go through and remove all the movie channels, which means every three months I'm back in business. Amen. Put it off. Everybody say, put it off. I'm telling you, all of those types of things in your life, you can't live righteously and still have them in your life. You've got to put off the old man. That means everything. That way of thinking. Say, well, you just turned that around. Now you're doing it with the Bible. No, I'm not. I don't ask people for I've had people say that about me. I don't care. That doesn't bother me. I learned to walk in love. We don't scam, we don't scheme, we don't try to connive, we don't try to manipulate. We just give you an opportunity to give in the offering. You can or cannot, that's up between you and God. We've said it for years. The offering and money is an issue not between you and the church, you and the pastor. It's between you and God. Settle it with Him. I remember the reading about the Azusa Street Revival and, and all these preachers that were very... Uh, uh, you know, had, had, had a lot of success. They were trying to counsel William Seymour on how to take offerings. And he said, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to obey God. So about three weeks later, a big barrel in the back showed up, and a sign over the barrel said this, settle up with God here. They had to empty it every day. People gave so much money. Listen, you can't, it doesn't take long if you're a scammer and a schemer with money in the kingdom of God. You'll get caught. You'll get found out. We got, we got a little three-letter uh, uh, letter organization called the IRS that watches churches very closely. Amen. But, you know, my deal is I don't really answer the IRS. I answer to God. Now, notice this. You've got to put it off. Everybody say, put it off. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on. Now, you've got to put off something. You've got to put on something. That you put on what? The new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What does holiness mean? Set apart. 
sanctified. Listen, people should be able to walk into your home. They should be able to get into your vehicle. They should be able to look in your checkbook. They should be able to look at your life and tell you are a holy person. You are a sanctified person. You're not a person of sin. You're not a person of iniquity. You're not a person of unrighteousness. You're not living like the world. You're not acting like the world. You're living holy. And so much condemnation has been brought on the body of Christ for living holy. That's, that's just legalism. That's just this. All those thou shalt not this and that. No, listen. Holiness will protect you. Holiness will help you. And a lot of people say, well, if I live holy, I won't be happy. How do you know you've never lived holy? I'm happier now living holy than I ever was living unholy. I don't, I don't see how people, that's just the devil that deceives people. Now notice this. It says, wherefore, it says, be, uh, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holy, holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. Now let me just say this. Don't get mad at me and write me letters. Because people, do they get mad? But everyone in here is a master liar. You learned it when you were in Adam's family. It began as a child. One of the first things you did, which broke the law of God, was to lie. And it's amazing. A little kid will tell you a lie when the truth would be better. And you've got to get to the point in your life where you put away lying. Any amens on that? Now, let me, say, let me say this. The number one person that you lie to is yourself. Amen. I used to freak out about other people lying. This person said, oh, man, that's not true. Somebody would say this. And I'd get around preachers and they'd say something. i think, well, that's not true. And the Lord said to me one time, he said, don't worry about all their lying. It's, it's your lying you need to worry about. He said, you better put off lying to yourself because lying to yourself ends up in self-delusion self-deception which keeps you within the confines of the curse the enemy loves for you to delude yourself his, his, his greatest weapon against the body of Christ is lying amen now notice what it says next put away lying speak every man the truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be angry and sin not, neither let the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, I'm going to get over to the Amplified here. Amplified, verse 26. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury, or your indignation last until the sun goes down. You know what it's saying? Don't you dare give anger any time. Man, I've been mad for 20 years. Too much time. Now listen, Genesis chapter 8, after the great flood, and God began to bless the earth again so that man could begin to plant in the earth. The curse was lifted off of the ground. God gave a word to Noah that's still relevant to us today. He said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, heat and cold, Day and night, which is what? A 24-hour period, shall not cease. Now, God says, listen, be angry and sin not. Don't give an expression to your anger. 
Don't give it time. Don't carry it over into the next day because if you carry anger over into the next day, it becomes a seed. And you'll plant it in your children. You'll plant it in your marriage. You'll plant it in you. You'll plant it in everything. I'm telling you, pastoring has been such an experience, especially when we sit down. and We've done it with several couples in marriage counseling that have said this. I don't understand why my six-year-old is so angry. I don't understand why my three-year-old is out of control. And it's obvious there was a lot of anger in the house, a lot of anger in the husband, a lot of anger in the wife, a lot of arguing going on day after day after day, and it just transfers. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Seeds of anger planted in your children, planted in your, planted in your grandchildren. Just keeps you. That's a curse. That produces bitterness. And that wrath and that indignation that just rises up and people get angry and bitter. And I'm telling you, our world is awash in anger. Men especially. Men, men suffer with it more than anybody. I've dealt with more men angry. And I've had, I've had men say, man, I'm mad and I don't even know why I'm so mad. Well, if you'll dig a little bit, you'll find out why. Disappointment happens. Problems rise up. Great expectations and just your dream doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But I'm telling you, there's ways to deal with anger other than giving expression to it day after day after day after day. When you're anger, when you're angry, do not sin. Do not ever let wrath or exasperation or fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. So this shows you right here that wrath, indignation, fury, and anger open the door for the devil. It's an invitation. Come on in, devil. Mess with my body. Mess with my finances. Mess with my mind. I am mad as I can be. And Satan says, oh, I'm so happy for that. Amen. This is, this is, this is putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Getting quiet in here tonight. You're not mad at me, are you? <laughs> Verse 28, let the thief steal no more but rather let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands. I'm reading in the Amplified. So that he may be able to give to those in need. Now listen to this. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. Amen. I tell you, we can't even listen to, listen to uh, uh, comedians anymore. They're so foul. They're so ungodly. Amen? I mean, it's just, uh, I remember back, I heard Andy Griffin. Remember, remember him, uh, Sheriff Taylor? You know, he started out kind of like a stand-up comedian. And he, he, did, he had this stand-up routine, and he was like this country boy who had never seen a football game. Anybody ever heard that routine? It is hilarious. And he describes a football game from the aspect of somebody that's never seen a football game. And he said, you know, I don't know what those guys are fighting about. Talking about a guy down on the football field. He said, but it had to be about that little, that, that little round thing, round-looking thing out there in the field. Because I'm telling you, every time they'd throw that up there, they'd beat each other to death trying to get it. You could be funny without having to get in the gutter. It's a shame our society hadn't learned that. Amen. Who said, well, there's Christian comedians. Most of them mock what God does. Amen? You know, there's certain things. I don't make jokes about the Holy Ghost. 
I heard a guy doing that one time, man. I it's on the television. There's a guy talking on TV. He started talking about different people, you know, saying Sheikha Baba and all this kind of stuff. I flipped that off. I thought, man, that's the Holy Spirit of God. The next verse says, grieve not the Spirit of God. That grieves the Holy Ghost. Woo-hoo. You want the Spirit of God to move? Let no foul, polluting language, or evil words, nor unwholesomeness or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those that hear it. Let me say something. It was yesterday. I walked into a situation yesterday of some people that I know whose lives are totally destroyed. And they don't have the light that you have. I mean, they're, they're, they're just breathing, and that's about it. And some very bad things that happened to them. And I went in there, and their first words were not good words. But I spent about an hour and a half using wholesome, good, godly words. And I'm telling you, when I left out of the atmosphere, that entire situation changed just by the words that were spoken. Just by the words that were spoken. You know yourself. You can walk into a room where people have been arguing and you never heard a word they said. But you walk in there and there's an atmosphere that that argument will leave. You think, man, bitter words have been said in here. I've been with Leah before. We've walked into places and I've said, ooh, there's been some bad words spoken here. You can pick it up just like that. Let good words come out of your mouth. Let words of life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Let words of life. Speak life to your marriage. Speak life to your children. Speak life to your finances. Speak life to your life. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend, vex, or sadden Him. By whom you were sealed and marked and branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, a final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness, indignation, and wrath, passion, rage, and temper, resentment, anger, anger and animosity, quarreling and brawling and clamor and contention, kind of sounds like the 6 o'clock news, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind and become useful, helpful, and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Now, that right there, those few verses, what do we have right here? Started over verse 14 through verse 32. Those few verses right there, if you will live in and apply those verses, there's not a curse on this planet that can get into your life. And any curse that is there, you can rise up and break it. Now let me just say this. Don't you be a victim. You say, what, what do you mean a victim? Remember what we studied Sunday morning. A victim is a blamer. Preacher, I like all that, but I'm telling you, I got every reason to be mad. I got every reason to be ill-tempered. I got every reason. I got every reason on this. Well, you may have. If you do, all I can count you is this. Let it go. Let the grace of God, let the mercy of God, 
let the because if you want to be a victim, I'm telling you, there's a place to hook up on just about every corner of this nation. But if you want to be a victor in Christ, which God calls you more than a conqueror, that you are a victor in Him, then you're going to have to let go of all of that. Let go of all of that. Listen, we've all been wronged. We've all had things happen to us. But you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to live in the pain of that any longer. I'm going to let it go in Jesus' name. I'm going to let God heal me. I'm going to rise up out of the ashes of it. And I'm going to live for God in righteousness, holiness, and in true sanctification. If you will do that. I guarantee you, then you can rise up in the authority of God. You can run the devil out of your life, out of your body, out of your finances, out of your family, out of your children. You can rise up in Christ and live in the glorious reality of what redemption has provided for us. And you will not spend all your time in faith trying to recover yourself from what you get yourself into. You'll be using your faith to go in and possess that which God says, that belongs to you, that's yours. Go out there and get it by faith in Jesus' name. And I'm going to tell you something else. Life will become a joy. Life doesn't have to be so painful. Life doesn't have to be such an anxiety. It doesn't have to be. And listen, the world will supply you with what? What do you need? The world will say, what do you You need some Coke. You need some drugs. You need some, you know, you need some. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll give you approval for any kind of promiscuous uh, behavior you want to be a part of. That's fine. If you're a man and think you're a woman, that's fine with us. If you're a woman think you're a man, that's fine with whatever you want to do. However you can get a little peace and a peace. But it's all temporal. It'll never work. It'll always bring destruction, harm, and pain. But if you'll make a decision, I'm going to live free from this. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live in true righteousness. I'm going to put off that old man. I'm going to start taking that junk off of me. Remember what we said when we started teaching on authority of the believer? God cannot bless lazy. And sometimes you've got to get in and just start digging and say, God, why am I like this? Why am I so angry? Why am I so mad? Why am I so agitated all the time? How come I got, who was it that preached that message on getting your goat? How people have all these goats. Ivan Tate have all these goats hanging on. People come in, get your goat, you know. Well, some of us need a good goat cleaning. Get all the goats out of our lives so that people can. And I'm going to tell you, people don't go, well, people just know how to push my button. We need to get rid of our buttons. If you have a button, Satan will make sure it gets pushed. And the problem with the devil is he knows how to put his thumb on it and keep it there until you cry out to God for deliverance and get him off your button. Amen? Hallelujah. Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we bless your name tonight. We thank you that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. And I pray over every person in here tonight who feels like or senses a curse has come upon their life. In the name of Jesus, I call them delivered. I call that curse broken. And I thank you for revelation knowledge flowing into their heart and into that in their spirit that will help raise them up out of the destructive behavior of what the old man can produce. That they'll begin to take off the old man. And Father, I thank you that you provided them with a beautiful, exquisite, expensive new wardrobe called the new man. And that they'll begin to clothe themselves in true righteousness, clothe themselves in faith, clothe themselves in healing, clothe themselves in prosperity, clothe themselves in joy, clothe themselves in all that which God has provided for us. We thank you for it, Father. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Did that help you tonight? Give the Lord a hand clap if that helped you tonight. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you for your word. 
Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Lord, we declare your word, thanking you, Heavenly Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thanking you, Heavenly Father, that whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, or the railways, we're protected, kept safe, blessed by Almighty God. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, that which we do in handling the resource of our life, Thank you, Heavenly Father. We're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or Satan himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for our door of utterance as we leave tonight encouraged, inspired, informed, and delivered. Thank you, Father. We'll be a blessing to people, an answer to their prayer, a problem to the adversary, and a miracle in people's lives. Lord, as, to, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.